Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of La Magicast. This is episode number 70, to be exact. My name is Sam Rubio. I'm the producer of the show. And unfortunately, we can't have Greg for this episode. He's been busy traveling, and it was, it was just hard to get him behind the mic. However, we have a very good guest. Um, it's his first time on the show, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Wayne Girard, he's been creating a lot of content for the official AS Roma page, and we're very excited to have him. Wayne, how are you? Uh, thanks so much. It's a pleasure to be on the podcast tonight, and I'm really looking forward to breaking things down. It's great having you. I know we've been talking about it for a little while. Um, like I was telling you before, uh, we the, our last episode was about a month ago, and oh man, what a start of 2020 for this team. Uh, uh, what are your thoughts of, um, on this month of January? Just jumping right into Roma. January's, January's been rocky, and I think we all know that. We could see the team approach a match like Lazio, and they looked down for it, and that was their best game of the season, in my opinion. And then we come against Sassuolo away, and we we completely lose focus in the first half hour. It's 3-0 uh, to the home side. And so I think Fonseca said after the match, he said something along the lines of how can you go from Lazio to this? So obviously when you play with such a differentiation, there's such a disparity, then that really just comes back to mentality. Uh, c concentration, I think, has been a big thing, and individual errors uh, on the negative side. On the positive, I think this is this is a new team. And that's something people still have to remember with a new manager. So it's not just going to click all at once. You'll get a team like Atalanta. It, this, that, that was a project for them. This has been years in the making, their success. Juventus has had a stable core. They have incredible players, and that has taken them time as well. Uh, Inter is another team that we could look at and say, well, I can't really be like that. Well, because Inter is funding money to regional sponsors in order to get, um, you know, a high-caliber player. Each market, they've done that for a couple of years now. So I would want, I really do want to see this group continue together. I think that's going to be really important. And that's, um, that chemistry just takes time to build. And that's something that I think we need to reflect on, is that we always want immediate results. Every fan does, right? But in, in Rome in particular, it's uh, the pressure is higher because it's a city that has – there's never been the success that the city has deserved. So it always makes that. But I think moving forward, just keep playing, keep doing that type of job. So It's a little bit frustrating that you were saying um, you, you get a performance like the one against Lazio, and then you get a performance against Sassuolo, and you're like, well, wh where is it that we're going? Um, do you believe in Fonseca? you believe in on his tactics, on his team, and the way he's um, he's been uh, handling the team so far? I love Fonseca. Uh, when he came into, when he, when he was hired by Roma, there was a bunch of names, and he was kind of like the unknown guy. But at Shakhtar, he did an amazing job. Obviously, the Ukrainian league is extremely different from Serie A. So I wasn't sure how that was going to translate. But then when I looked at his tactics and the way that he moved his uh, outside defenders, there was something appealing. And more so tactically, I like that he's eliminating the, the blame game for Roma, where past managers may have looked to blame the ref or this and that and the work ethic. I think under Fonseca, it's clear. If you're not working hard, then you're not going to play. If you keep making individual errors, then you have to be personally accountable for them. And that's an atmosphere that, he's really trying to drive. So he's not Italian, 
to me, it makes no difference here. He's an incredible coach, and I think that he can just keep this team together. And he, he has my full support. It's yet to see what we can win uh, this season. But I think it's, it's uh, you know, we still have a chance in Europa League. And I think if he, if the players are, you know, they just keep buying into what he's doing and they don't give up on themselves, then the sky's the limit for him, top yeah. coach. I agree. I agree with what you're saying. Um, I think I think it, it all started even with Sheko want, wanting to stay earlier in the season. No, he 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 showed that he believed in this coach and he liked what he brought to the table. Um, what do you make? What do you make of the of this winter mercato, uh, Wayne? It's been controversial, controversial to say the least, with the with parting ways with uh, Alessandro Florenzi. I think. If you look at the case with Florenzi, the best decision was made. That's going to piss off a lot of people when I say that. Because Florenzi, there's this, in Rome in particular, this romanticism aspect that the fans love, whether they're in North America or they're in Italy. It's about, you know, being Roman. And yes, I understand that. But at the same time, the player makes his choice. And it's not just a player. It's your captain. When your captain makes their choice to go to another team, at the end of the Mercato. That's something that actually did piss me off a lot. And that's his choice, though. He wants to go and, you know, be a feature ahead of Euro 2020. He just, he deserves to do what he does. At the same time, he's the captain, so I didn't completely agree with his decision because that puts the, direct, the sporting director in a position then to cover. But, uh, the, you know, the conversations that he had with Petraki, what he had with Fonseca, I'm not sure. I wasn't, I wasn't in the room, but I can't, you know, we want to make assumptions about what happened. But uh, we we can't say for certain. So, but something Florenti, happened, right? It, because he hadn't been featured it, even a little bit before. Like it's not like he wasn't any worse than the other options. He was shooting at least part of the rotation. If for part of the season, he wasn't. It's true. It's true. So so I think that it probably came down tactically because defending is not a strong point for Florenzi. He's definitely someone who, when he was at Crotone, he was more advanced. He doesn't have the skill set to be an advanced player, but he should have developed in the form of that too. If he had played his whole career as a utility midfielder, midfielder, he would have been much better off. Uh, but because he got, you know, covering the gaps that Roma had in their starting lineup, we go back to Rudy. He was Garcia. supposed to be temporary and with him, and it ended up being permanent. It was supposed to be temporary. It was, he, I think his biggest problem was adjusting to the defending part of it or where to position. Uh, he never really had a handle of that. No, he's not Cannavaro. He's small too. Florenzi's about five foot nine. He's not a big guy, and you see him get beat to the ball on headers all the time. Uh, tactically, sometimes he would lose his mark, and that's typical because with with defending, there's so many things you learn through the years and through you know, especially teenage years with marking and little nuances that all that makes such a big difference when it's on when it's on the full field. You just can't pick that up. This is not this is not rec soccer where we just go and play by the side. You know, this is professionals who know who know how to manipulate space and know how to take advantage of miscues by defenders. So, um, but if, if we look forward at the three twenty-one year olds that came in, Delar, Perez, and Ibanya, I'm 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 excited about these guys. Uh, in particular, Perez, who I think can be a stud. I really like the way that he plays with the ball at his feet and. And you can make the uh, argument that gonna, he could be one of the ones that can make an, an impact uh, right away, right? I think that from the little I've seen of him, 
making that impact right away seems like something that I'm, I'm hoping for. Um, I, would, I don't want to say I'm counting on it, but I'm definitely hoping for him to rise up because with the inconsistency in the wingers, um, I thought Under and Kluivert could have been more on the ball today. I think that's a that's a big advantage for for Perez to come in, and if he you know if he can show that he's got it, he's going to get some gains. He's going to start um, sooner rather than later. I agree. Um, some of the what do you think about going forward about Fonseca? Um, you know, last week for the. Uh, For the derby, he started uh, Zapacosta Santon, worked out for him. Today didn't really, really, really work out against Asuolo. Um, I mean, he showed that he has no problem benching Senatori, like um, Kolarov and, and even the, the uh, even Florenzi himself. Uh, a lot of decisions from him going forward. Hmm. Well, I thought that Spinazzola, he lost the ball a couple of times today, but he was the main outlet. If we go back and watch the game, you'll see that it goes to his side on the left almost like every time as the player to push forward. I thought he did a really good job, um, even though it was a, a you know not a great game, sloppy game overall. I think that he is somebody who was already in Milan and then has this psychological uh, U-turn where he comes back and He's like, you know what? I don't, I don't like this crap that I'm being called like this finished player. He's like, all of a sudden, I'm, I'm a finished guy. You know, uh, I'm this broken guy who can't be counted upon. That's garbage. And then he turns it on. And I like what I've seen from him. I really do. Uh, Santon could, could be the number one now at right back. And that's Santon is up and down as well. He has to go out there and prove that every game is going to be a derby. That's really important for him because he has it. You just got to, uh, you just got to keep pushing on, and hopefully, with um, more starts, that becomes more commonplace than not for Santone. But Spinazzola, in in my opinion, has just hit another gear in the past two games. It's, it's like you said, it's very hard to when you, I mean you're moving to one team in the last minute. No, you're not anymore. You're coming back to the other team, so it's not easy. It's, and I feel like. Uh, He's been handling the situation well, whether him, his team, uh, Florenzi, I mean, uh, Fonseca. He's been, he was one of the, I mean, maybe you can say he didn't finish the plates at all, but he was pushing forward. He was one of the guys trying. The the That left flank was busy Absolutely. today. Absolutely. He didn't give up. I mean, in the, even in, the, in extra time, Rome was down a guy, a guy still searching forward, trying just to get the ball up, doing whatever he can. So that's, that's What was nice most disappointing of performance against Asuolo. I feel like the first half of the, the, the defensive display was just horrendous. Yeah, the, the marking the, the marking was juvenile. They uh, killed us in transition. It, we, we lost the ball. I mean, every attack for, yeah. from them in the first half felt like it, a chance to score, a clear chance to score. Trans transitions have been, have been an issue where we see a, a long ball that just gets It's just too short. It's too it's too low, or it's it's not floated enough where it can be even contested upon. And then our our players are out of position. And then we go back to a little bit of like, well, who's covering who situation, which I saw today, which I didn't like to see. And Mancini gets caught out, I think twice today. But, He's been uh, having a rough month too. It's a rough month, but that's when you have a player who's twenty three, twenty four years old especially from a center back, that's, that's kind of what happens. That's part of growing. 
And it's not every game is going to be this all you know a ten out of ten from him. He's played some really good matches. I think that he really has. with um with 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 Smalling they can really grow. But uh but today he you know he's going to be regretful. So hopefully he learns from a couple of these marking uh the, these marking issues, especially from the turnovers that you know when the ball goes out you can't take a mental break. You always have to be on. You always have to be watching the guy. But he knows better than I do. So. Another one with the turnovers today, I feel like, was uh, Brian Cristante. What do you make of his uh, last few performances? Cristante is a is a player who I think loses his concentration, and that results in passing in in passing errors. It's a big. There's a big gulf in quality between him and Diallara. It's you incredible have, how much we miss him. Yeah, because you have a guy who can dictate the match. And then Cristante was more of um Atalanta, he was someone who was always in the box. But here the tactics are different where it's really more up and down. He's more box to box midfielder. Mm -hmm. Uh and that's something that I think his athleticism has sometimes gotten the better of him in terms of you transitioning as well. So Cristante is uh he's not Tiawara. And we see that. Even when, that even when in, we weren't playing well, the Awara was one of our more uh, steady or more uh, had more solid performances. Absolutely, because he just sees the field differently. He's a tempo, um, a tempo keeper, you know, a watch keeper, and someone who can always find the right pass. Cristante is a different mold. He's not a regista at all. So, you know, he, like back at Atalanta, he's somebody who had the majority of his goals assisted by Alejandro Gomez. Without that number 10, he's really suffered. And because now we're a team that, whereas Atalanta mixes it up a lot, Roma tends to get their their play in from the wings. And that, that has not benefited him uh, distributing and getting forward in there. Today, he should have had a goal. Uh, it was an incredible save by Sassuolo's keeper. Felt a little bit bad for him there. But, uh, you know, let's see what he could offer. Um, I know that the I know that the organization is behind him offering a new contract. So the best thing for him now is just to keep playing and learning from this really good coach. And another another individual performance I want to touch upon is uh, Lorenzo Pellegrini. Uh, I personally don't don't think he had a very good game today. I mean, he didn't help the matter with the with the red card. What do you make of his performance? I think him. Because he's been up like and down a, this like, season, right? He's he's re either really good or not that great. <laughs> I, I think a lot of that comes from I think of it like a back, like a vertebrae. You take out one disc, and that being Diolara, and suddenly Pellegrini does not find as much space as he used to, so he's forced to come back more. He's forced to chase the ball more, so he can't he can't express his individuality as well. He can't make that um, uh, opposite lob pass to go over the defense and find Cliver, like we saw a couple weeks ago. So it's like a chain of events that's really affected Pellegrini. So that's fine. Has affected him a lot. I like that he showed an edge today. We do know that he's more up. effective closer to the opponent's goal, obviously, when he has to pull back yeah, yeah, definitely. to get stuff for him. He may have played, uh, he may have played Intermedio for Di Francesco, but that's, that's not his role. It's not where he's good at. So he's, he's much better 
same uh, same case with you can make the same case with, that happens with Cristante also. Yeah, that, definitely. You know, um, I think one criticism of Monkey Monkey last year was he brought in like four or five attacking mids. It's like, what, what are you going to do? You have Coric, you have Pastore, you have Cristante, you have Lorenzo Pellegrini. Now what? <laughs> Not everybody can play attacking I think, mid. I think uh, Petrak is still trying to clean up that mess a little bit. Definitely. He's he's paying for it. You know, a lot of those players that went out on loan that didn't work out, all that goes into the, the yearly budget with the amortization costs. If fans might only see, oh, why are we not paying, you know, $60 million to keep the team together? And you look back and it's like, well, look at the amount of debt from players that we don't use. Yeah, those high salaries in the team also. Yeah, it's tough. If I'm not it, mistaken, Pastor is sitting at four and a half million euros a year or something like that. It's ridiculous. He's, yeah, they're, they're disproportionate to the starters, to the high salary earners, for sure. Um, Wayne, let's talk about uh, what's coming up in the next few weeks. Um I mean, obviously, obviously, the biggest goal of the year, I think you and I can agree, is getting back to the Champions League, right? That's it. Fourth spot. Fourth spot is the biggest goal of the year. Um, I know we like to get deep into Europa League, obviously. Europa League. Yeah, Europa League, yeah. We got the team. We we got the team. If they show a better performance than the one against (laughs) us. If they show up. (laughs) If they show up. If they show up. Right. Um, um, what do you think? What do you think? If, if you ha- if you have to if you have to predict, do you think this team is gonna get to that fourth position that we won? I do. I think Atalanta is a great team, and depending on what happens, looking February fifteenth, Atalanta Roma, and we have to go up to Bergamo. That's going to be tough. It's always tough. I, I would put 20 bucks on that it's going to be snowing, too. But we've done it there. Last time, Atalanta got the better of us in Rome. They got a great coach. <laughs> so but we but couldn't. If, I'm, if Roma, I'm not mistaken, we couldn't Roma really stuff. do anything that day against Atalanta. They really killed no. us. No. Uh, they did. But I think Roma can shell out the consistency. They got to get over this, this headache right now. But to be to be uh, to find their consistency will bring them to fourth. I think Lazio. Plus, Atalanta is still in Champions League against Valencia. They are. They are. Atalanta has lost one of the last five. Lazio has drawn one, and then won the rest of their last five. I'm going It all depends on Immobile, because if Immobile goes out, they're not going to keep winning. There's no chance. They get Lazio is the luckiest team that I've seen. They hit the goals they get in the 93rd minute. They talk about spirit and this. I don't, I don't even want to hear it. They, they get lucky. Um, in the Derby, they got extremely lucky. We outplayed them. We're the better team. So I think that the cream always rises to the top, and eventually it's going to show that Roma will overtake Lazio. And I'm not sure what's going to happen with Atalanta, though. Sometimes they look great, and they're the best team in Serie A, the way that they play football. And then other times they get beat by like lower lower end opponents. So they haven't been as be consistent as It's going as to be a race. Yes, right. It's going to be a race. No, yeah. Agreed. But I'm excited. I'm excited for it. <laughs> Wayne, switching topics a little bit. Um 
I want to get your thoughts on the new eventual imminent change of ownership. Um, first of all, let me get your thoughts on Palota, and then let me know what, uh, what you think about the new Fritkin group. Sure. Uh, Palota is somebody who came in, and it's really unfortunate that, he, that the stadium has had so many issues, so many loopholes with Roman law, and so much resistance. Uh, I grew up in Jersey. And in New Jersey, we had Giant Stadium built. I think it took less than two years between um, from when they had announced it to when it was actually built. It's just incredible. And you see how those things just were constantly in the way of Palota and what he was trying to achieve. Um, but he helped He helped the team. If I was to like sum up, let's say that he does leave. And all of this happens to pass the free kid. Pelota took the team from the 20th to the 21st century. Come in, the website was awful. Um, it was impossible to get a shirt if you live outside of Italy. It was impossible to get a shirt. It was impossible to get tickets. Uh, there was one tab where you can get the website in Chinese, which, which was baffling. I mean, this is even back in like 2004. Uh, 2005, 2007, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, you know, right really before when um, Post came in and changes all this. The marketing, getting out of Diodora, getting out of Kappa, getting international sponsors, which has been key. Nike, we've got um, the, the sponsor from Qatar. These are international sponsors, and all that makes such a big difference with um, drawing international attention. And I do think he's tried his best. Um, there's There's a lot of issues he ran into with some appointments. We look at, in particular, and I'm not going to play with everything, Monchi, Sabatini had his, had his mistakes. But, you know, when you are trying to create a Champions League team on, let's say... I mean, he appointed Sabatini, he appointed Monchi, he appointed Petraki. Can you really argue with those names? No, you can't argue against, and you, you can't say that You know, it's not his fault, things like that, because at the end of the day, you're the president, you make decisions, right? And I don't even think Pelota wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't push blame on anybody else. Um, but I think that, like, we were almost duped in a way. We had this guy come from Sevilla, and he had such a great track record, Sergio Ramos, the whole thing. And in one year, it's like this, this, the choices he made set us back for at least a couple of years, it has to be said. So I think the intention was always there. Should we have one more? Yes. Uh, and I think Pablozo will definitely regret that if this is going to be his last month or year in charge. I think the brand as a, as, as a, the Societat, right, definitely grew. Um, the only thing that was missing was the results on the pitch. Yeah. It's, It's unfortunate. It's There not for, it's not for a lack this. of try. I agree with you. No, no, no. He went in. He wanted to do his thing. The money spent. Roma has the um, third highest salaries in in uh, in the league. So it's 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 just the it's the structure. It's the sporting structure behind it. It's, it's the mentality. Uh, we switched players way too many times. These are things he acknowledged. So it's you know it's uh, he was accountable. Like he took he took a personal accountability with with what happened. I think so. It's it is just unfortunate that we didn't win more. 
What do you make of the freaking group? There were there were some news earlier um, about freaking group trying to buy Milano not long ago, and then so um, and then there were reports of I saying, that. and then there were reports saying, no, that happened six, seven months ago. That he, you know, they're just businessmen. What do you make of all of that? And what do you think that the that, that this team is going? What direction this team is going with him? Uh, I, I did see that with Milan, and um, I think Roma is an international brand that needs a stadium. And it's for the same reason that that Palota bought the club is, is if um, you know why other investors are looking at it is supposed to be commercial opportunity is massive. You're sitting on an incredible talent pool of youngsters. You have the possibility of a new stadium, which can get done. It's not in Tordevada. Somewhere else is definitely going to get done. Hopefully, I think that maybe it doesn't matter what I think about Tordevada, but uh, I think if it doesn't work out there, it's going to work out somewhere else. Um, so the opportunity is, is massive. You have the best fans in the world, the best out of any sport of any club. Roma has the best. I have yet to know more passionate Tifosi. No, no way. No. And it's not like if you, if you love Roma, you don't sympathize with other teams. You don't care about them. It is, a, it is a, it's a mentality that definitely overtakes you. Whereas Roma against everybody. And I don't think that's something that Roma fans ever forget. Um, uh, a little bit more about the opportunity. You already have good players here, and you have a nice core that you could build upon for years. So the bones are already there. If somebody wants to come in, or if Palotto wants to inject more money, or a foreign ownership. So there's there's the bases, and now all the pieces need to come together. And there's no reason why Roma should not be one of the top five teams in the world. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, hopefully, those are beautiful words you're saying. Um, hopefully, hopefully, we get there. We, we've, been, we, we've been waiting for a long time, though. Uh, hopefully, the, this new decade brings bright things for us. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, it's it's something I dream about a lot, you know, being at the stadium, the new stadium, and watching this incredible team. Sometimes Roma I, shows I, you that they can compete with the best in the world, but sometimes they also they don't. Can. It's tough. There's, there's uh, Depth is an issue. Today we had players who have been rotational players with Clyver and Under. And, I mean, you, know, when you, you can't just work. We have an injury crisis. So when you don't have a team that's equipped the way like Juventus is all healthy, um, you know, top players, I mean, you punch at your own weight and you can punch above your weight, but eventually the law of averages brings you to where you are. So yeah. when there's still a young guy, I mean, Cliver is, is really young. They have to Chris show Dante a little bit more consistency is, because they've had the minutes. They do. They do. They do. And that, that becomes, that becomes something internal that they need to figure out. Exactly, exactly. Um, like you said, uh, reviewing our, our few uh, next few matches, Roma-Bologna, the big one, Atalanta-Roma, that you, you, you talked about earlier. And then we have the Europa League, the, the first leg again in the Olympico against Hent from Belgium. Is that yeah. how you pronounce it? Yeah. So I there is a... Can. We have to. We have. Well, we're we're starting with Bologna next weekend. We have. We have to go. Those. We have to get those three points. <laughs> yeah, we need. We need. We need three points. I mean, there. sounds like a cliche. Uh, I know, but I mean, I. <laughs> <laughs> I, I completely understand. 
Uh, I don't see why we can't go and impose our own game the way we the way we should against Bologna. If we're looking at their squad, they've got a couple interesting players. Uh, Palacio actually still plays. <laughs> Jim Eiley is back there. Uh, Poli um, and Bayes was pretty good. Musa Barrow just joined. So they've got some interesting names. Is this a great team? No, they're not a great team. Ricardo Orsolini, the young there. player, I think he's interesting. I like Orsolini a lot, actually. I think he's a nice little player. I um, I believe he's still... Is he loaned? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fact check, fact check this right now. Uh, Orsolini moved back to Juve and then on loan to Bologna in January 2018. It's for 18 months with an option to buy. Huh. So, okay. So in the summer, he signed a deal with Bologna and signed the club on a permanent basis. So yeah, he, he's an interesting player, that right wing. Uh, I watched him for a while now. He's still young. He is, let's say, 22. He's 23 now. And he's pretty big, six foot. He's got the frame. He's fast. He's got good moves. Um, he, can, he can be problematic. But, you know, it's all that keeps playing the way he's been. I, I, I wouldn't worry too much. Um, uh, you know, I'm sure Smalling's going to have his back there. But yeah. we almost should go and take those three points. I don't see. Can't see why not. Wayne, um, it's been so much fun. Anything you want to add before we go? Um, sure. I'm just let me, let me let me gather my thoughts here. Something I didn't cover. Ibanez. I really want to see what he can do. He uh, is deep. He's probably the fifth or sixth center back because they are so deep in that position. So. I wouldn't write him off as somebody who's not going to get minutes this year. He's, he's probably a highly talented player. I watched a little bit of him uh, from Brazil, and I really like the way that he wins the ball and then drives the play forward. And I think if we get somebody passing out of the back, that would really help the team too in a Bonucci style. So Reports said that he wanted to go to a team where we, he was going to have minutes, and Sabatini wanted him in. In Bologna, the mm -hmm. fact that he chose Roma is because uh, probably, I mean, Fonseca told him, listen, you probably you're going to be part of the rotation. I'm hoping. Definitely. Uh, I, I would, I would, uh, I would hope for that. I'm looking forward to that guy. Yeah. <laughs> A young man. Absolutely. So, so if you if you were to grade, just to close out, if you were to grade this uh, winter transfer market, I know we talked about it earlier. Um, how would you grade it? Was it great? Was it good? Not so great? What do you think? It was nice. It's nice to get in young players. It's unfortunate Florenzi has left, especially at the time that he did. But it's nice to get a nice uh, a group of young 21-year-olds who look really talented. So I'm looking that, forward that to that. That Gonzalo Villar guy, um, he's highly rated, too, from Spain. Yeah. Yeah, all around midfielder. So that's, that's another exciting one. I also want to give a shout-out to Roma Club New York. The atmosphere has been incredible at Roma Club New York. We're always working um, um, very close with the man who runs the show there, Claudio, and he's been doing a fantastic, fantastic job. So many people have been showing up for the Derby. We had flags out, banners, uh, at least 75 people at the club. So outside of Rome, that is the best place to watch the game. That is awesome. And I spent quite a little bit of time in New York, so maybe next time we can do a live podcast from there. That would be awesome. That would be sweet. And if anyone has any questions about that, I'll put you in touch with the right people. Don't be afraid to uh, send me a message on 
Twitter. So excellent, excellent. Um, listen, Wayne, has it, it's been so much fun. So hopefully we can do it more often. Yeah, thanks so much. Absolutely, really looking forward to it. Bye. How can we find you on Twitter? What's your handle? Wayne in Rome. Like what in Rome? Wayne in Rome. Oh, there we go. Thanks to uh, John Luca Pugliese for giving me that a couple of years back. That's when awesome. I decided to, uh, you know, just keep supplying content for Roma fans. And you'll see me on Roma's official website doing the Roma fan cam. That's we awesome. Yeah, that we got to talk about that in some other episodes. Yeah, for sure. All righty, um, Wayne, thanks so much again. Thank you so much. All right, everybody. So that was it for uh, episode number 70. Just to remind you guys, you can find us on Twitter with the handle at La Magicas. My personal handle is at SamuelRubio99. And as always, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Teacher, Spotify, all the, the more important podcasting platforms. And with that, we're checking out and we'll be in touch with, with you very soon. As always, Forza Roma. Ciao.